Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode. I am your host Adam and our guest today is Karami Singateh. Brother Karami is an entrepreneur who helps Muslim coaches and consultants start and grow their halal businesses. He is very interesting brother from Spain and I'm looking forward to talking to him about entrepreneurship. I would like to welcome you, brother Karami, to the show. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So it's actually my pleasure to be here with you, brother Adam. It's truly my pleasure too. And you have uh, such an interesting story. So would you like to start with a bit of introduction about who you are and what you do? Yeah, why not? Uh, well, I'm actually, uh, I have 31 years old uh, and I'm, I'm saying that because everything has happened like very quickly in my life. So uh, when I was around 16, I believe, 14 maybe or something, when I was a teenager, I actually became an atheist. And, uh, but I was always like uh, very interested in learning. So I decided to study Islam, you know, and really get to know the religion that at the end of the day was the religion of my parents, you know? Yeah. And one of the reasons I rejected religion is because religion was so irrational and it was not based on evidence. It was only, it was only based on uh, parents teaching their kids. But actually what I found in the Quran was like a slap in my face because it was 100% the contrary mm. of, of this... Um, like we could say stereotype that we have about religion. So actually the Quran was condemning people for not uh, being thoughtful enough, for not, for just following the, the masses, for, you know, all that stuff, for not following evidence. So I actually became a Muslim, but in, in a completely new sense, like uh, completely convinced of the truth of Islam. So I decided to go on and study Islam. So I got a degree in Islamic studies and then I got a, a diploma in theology and a diploma in hadith. And I began doing like dawah, like creating Islamic content in Spanish. So actually people in the Spanish speaking world, uh, Muslims, uh, many of them know me as a person who uh, creates Islamic content. And mm. uh, I created a website where I started like charging a small fee and using that money to create like better programs, you know. So that's really how I, I became, I came to all this world of websites, courses, funnels, all that stuff. But it was, I was actually, uh, and I'm still like uh, running like an online academy with Islamic content. And I use the money I collect to create a better program. So to this day, I have created like some spirituality program, uh, an introductory Arabic program. And uh, like an explanation of the Quran in Spanish. That's what I do. Wow, that's that's impressive. And actually, I checked you out on YouTube. You have yeah. so many videos about Islam, yes. about tafsir, yeah. and mashallah, that's really impressive. Yeah. And you're not that old, by the way. No, no. Yeah, mashallah, you're not that old, and you are doing great work. May Allah yeah. bless you and uh, increase you. So I would love to know a bit more about like how did you decided to 
was it like because you study you wanted to uh, benefit other people to mm-hmm. provide this information in, in Spanish or did you saw that there was a gap that there's no enough Spanish preachers and that's why you started doing your work yeah well it's a bit complicated because obviously there's not a lot of Spanish uh, work Islamic content but that's one of the reasons I began doing it I actually um, When my elder son was born, his name is Adam, by the way, just like your mashallah, name. Mashallah. I, great, I fi- great name choice. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. We actually yeah. chose it because uh, it, uh, half of my family is Spanish. Yeah. Half of my wife's family is like Arabic. And uh, we have African, uh, also African family. So Adam is like a, a name everyone will be happy with, you know. Okay. So that's yeah. why we chose it. Yeah, so um, the thing is that I realized that when my children grow Uh, will they have a lot of information in Spanish that will be able to uh, make them see Islam as something fulfilling in every Mm. sense of the word and at the same time um, uh, replying or answering all their possible doubts? Because that's what I didn't have, you know? So I became obsessed about that. And also, I I would love to see, like, uh, Islam being studied uh, from an academic perspective. So, for example, I see that When I look at Islam in the UK or France, obviously migrants brought Islam mm. and Islam is like being imported. So there is always like a cultural pro- problem, you know? Mm. So I would love to see that in Spain, we have like a new generation of Muslim scholars and Muslim preachers that actually can learn from the errors or the shortcomings of how Islam has been working in other European countries. But that's like... Um, Uh, I believe that I would love to help Spanish people who have been born in Spain uh, go and study Islam. I would love to help them and pay them their studies. That's actually one of the th- one of the reasons why I became an entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, that's so interesting. Basically, you wanted to provide courses and teach Islam in a way that you would love to be taught yeah. when you were young. That's impressive. Because you have a degree in Islamic science, mm-hmm. I would love to know more about uh, what does our dean teach us about entrepreneurship? <laughs> That's like a very broad yeah. uh, question. But what I would say is that w- when we use this word entrepreneurship, what are we talking about? Because uh, in the Quran, I don't think you will find that word, but this is like a, actually a, a manifestation of a natural thing. Like, mm-hmm. for example... Uh, We could talk about tijara, which is uh, commerce. We could talk about, um, I don't know, markets, uh, trade, you know, all these okay. words. Actually, I, uh, that's what I would say. Entrepreneurship is just another way of saying trade or tijara at the end of the day. Mm. So the, an Islamic uh, view, there would be like different verses of the Quran we could quote. But one of the, one of the amazing quotes to me is... Uh, I believe it's at the end of Surah Al-Munafiqun where uh, God says, People who have belief, don't you, uh, don't you allow your children and your money uh, distract you from the remembrance of God. And people who do that, they are the losers. Now, we, we tend to think that having money and having children you cannot be a loser because you have money, right? Mm. What God is actually telling you is that you need to combine these things with the remembrance of God. And also, uh, and that's the other extreme, 
no one says that having children is evil. You know, we say that having children is good so long as they don't move you away from the remembrance of Allah. So money is the same. So it's exactly the same. It is good if you use it for good, uh, so long as it does not move you away from the remembrance of Allah. And as people say, money is a magnifier. So if you, if you want to help people, with, a little, with little money, you can help little people. But with a lot of money, you will help a lot of people. Now, if you are evil with, uh, few, uh, with little money, you will do little evil. But if you have a lot of money, you will do a lot of evil. So money in itself, just like having kids, according to this verse of the Quran, is not good or evil. It is mm. evil uh, in the quantity or in the proportion that it makes you. Uh, forget about your higher purpose. So that's how I would say entrepreneurship is in Islam. Just like having kids, you can use it for good, you can use it for evil. That's why we as Muslims need to do it, actually, not run away from it. But we need to do it from an Islamic perspective and in a way that will help us, like uh, helping people. So for example, uh, the, the basic definition of business or yeah, entrepreneurship at the end of the day, business means that you will be creating value creating something valuable that will help other people and they will pay you, okay? So mm. when they pay you, you get your, your risk, your income, and there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, when you are providing value, that's a virtuous thing because mm. uh, as the Prophet says, the best people are the ones that provide more benefit to the others, you know? Mm. So that will be a, val a balanced view. The Islamic view of everything is, is balanced. That's what I believe, yeah. Yeah, I love that that you said money is not good nor evil. Mm -hmm. it depends how you use it. What is the misconceptions about money that you have seen our community have? Because I feel like people relate money to things like, okay, you have too much money, you're greedy, you should be poor yeah. because all oh, that's halves were poor, which is, not, which is actually not true. But mm -hmm. we romanticize being poor. So what do you think, what is the biggest misconception about money we have in our community? Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you bring that because th that happens with religious people in general. And uh, it's one of those things that Islam came to bring balance, you know. Uh, so you had, you had people of the book or people who worship the world and people who completely renounce the world. So we as Muslims, we are supposed to bring in balance, but sometimes we ourselves uh, have a hard time trying to find that balance. So um, I would say, like, for example, when I became an atheist, one, one of the issues was like science versus religion, you know, mm, because yeah. te technically, if you're religious, you believe in superstitions and you are irrational. But if you uh, accept science, that means that you accept reality and you base everything on evidence. Uh, everything material, everything needs to have a material explanation. Now, what, what does the Quran do? The Quran tells you, yes, you need to be basing everything in evidence. That's true. But if evidence shows that this book is from God, you also need to accept that, you know, those supernatural truths that come in the Quran. The Quran was actually, and that's something I love, forcing me to break false dilemmas. Now, I have to do, uh, because technically I'm just a consultant. I help you create your business. But I actually have to deal with this problem a lot. Like I'm on a call with someone and they're like, I want to create a business. But, you know, uh, actually <laughs> some of the people that call me, they are coaches. So they yeah. are spiritual coaches. Yeah. And as spiritual coaches, they believe that there is something inherently wrong in charging people. Mm. So I have to tell them that, man, this is a limiting belief that you have to break. Because um, 
actually getting your income by giving some by giving people something valuable is not evil especially mm. if you're going to use that income to do more good and the, the the nice thing about muslims is that many of them sincerely they want to become entrepreneurs to help their family now the uh, the prophet said alayhi salatu wasalam that um whatever you give to your family fahuwa sadaqa this it is a charity mm. now because if if i tell people that I want to make a business to give everything to charity. Muslims would say that's perfectly good. Fi sabilillah. Yeah. However, if I tell people that I want to give my children a better education or better or better medical treatments, they will say, "Oh, you you're doing it for yourself, for your family, for your mm-hmm. dunya." Well, according to the Prophet ﷺ, with this beautiful balance that Islam gives us, mm-hmm. giving giving money to to a, uh, for a medical treatment to my kids or for buying them uh, better clothing or a better education that's sadaqa as well mm, mm. so i i believe that islam has all these nuances and all this perfectly balanced understanding and it is actually I, i'm a business consultant but in reality i have to be a business coach because sometimes i need to uh, help people break those limiting beliefs you know mm, mm. and uh, even muslims when they verbally understand that this is a false dilemma it is very ingrained in our minds that you know when you do business that's for the dunya it's not for the akhirah hmm. so one of the things i do actually in my trainings is i teach people uh, specific duas that the prophet uh, taught us to do in the morning and one of these duas is very interesting because uh, he used to say allahumma inni as'aluka al-'afwa wal-'afiyah fi dini wa dunyaya wa ahli wa mali he would ask allah for uh, forgiveness and for well-being when it comes to spiritual matters and worldly matters when it comes to ahli wa mali my money my property and my family uh, the other way around so the prophet that's the beautiful thing about islam it doesn't break everything into parts you need to do you need to be spiritual or you need to be an uh, worldly you need to be you need to follow science or you need to follow uh, follow a uh, religion i believe these dilemmas are mm. whenever a worldview gives you like a black and white thing that's a sign that that worldview is false yeah that's interesting and that dua of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was so beautiful and i'm hearing that you are saying we should find a balance and there's also nothing wrong desiring of having a quality life yeah. and not feeling guilty about it as long you do it for sake of allah you yeah. can invest on your children you can invest on your future ultimately it comes down to being grateful of the blessings of allah and using them for for his sake so that's a really interesting point i want to ask you uh do you have experiences where you where people see you as business you're consulting as a fisa really la people say you should give free advice business consulting for feasibility because you are giving advice you shouldn't be charging for it <laughs> have you had that kind of experiences of course yes uh, what i reply to these people is give me the evidence from the quran and sunnah you know because yeah. at the end of the i don't i can never believe that if the prophet would go to the market and find someone like selling potatoes the prophet would never tell that person you should be giving potatoes feasibility You know mm. the thing is that potatoes and things that people trade in the market are tangible. Yeah. Now when you're giving advice like business ad, uh, like a business consultant it is intangible. Yeah. But there is nothing in Islam saying that uh, an intangible 
like training uh, should be free. So when people tell me that, I just ask them, what's the evidence from the Quran? So you're so, such a religious person. What's the evidence? Let me just make up evidence. I don't know do actually people say this, but it just came to my mind when you said that. If people say information is something like prophets say, like spread the information and what you are offering, whether mm-hmm. it's a course or whether it's mm-hmm. a workshop, it's the information and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be charging for that. And I think me people often confuse also the fact that when you're teaching the deen, mm-hmm. That's we see we shouldn't charge for it. But mm-hmm. what about teaching uh, information that actually the person can take it and make a living for themselves in their own mm-hmm. businesses? I just made that up but because this is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But what, yeah. how do you see that? Well, to be honest, I have to say that as a business consultant, not many Muslims tell me that it should be free. I think that the, the biggest problem was with coaches. Because, yeah. co- uh, like, for example, if I'm, if I'm giving you advice, uh, step-by-step advice, not only advice, but I actually give templates and everything of creating a business. Mm. Now, people understand that you have to pay for that. But when it comes to a coach that, for example, helps you with self-confidence issues or, or with spirituality, those people have a greater problem. That's to be fair. Uh, they are the most attacked ones. Now, uh, I th- you made up uh, an argument, like, for example, the, the prophet said, uh, I'm, uh, the prophet was teaching information to people and he was not charging people well there are two interesting things to mention here uh, it's not the same for me to create youtube videos which is just information than to create a structured training why do i say this because a structured training demands from you commitment yeah so i can make a million youtube videos giving advice to entrepreneurs and that's going to be for free and i actually love creating free information however if you want to build a business, you need commitment. Mm. What is commitment? Commitment means that you will follow step by step everything I tell you. Okay, and it has been proven that uh, if you throw, if you upload the same course for free and the same course, and you're charging people, mm. the one charging people has a much much higher success rate than the other. Why? Because when we don't pay for something, we actually you know, you didn't pay for that. So you're not committed to that. Mm. So there is a saying that whoever pays, pays attention. Okay. Mm. So it is true that you can give information. I can give you a lot of Quran verses. I can give you a lot of hadith, and that's beautiful information. Now, if I want to put that into a degree, a structure degree, and someone will be taking exams for you and certifying that you actually have the knowledge, usually like Islamic universities, they will charge you. Okay, mm. because they, there is a time, there are some action items that you need to do. There is an accountability that you need to, uh, re- you need to respond for every single step. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. And there is a, a commitment that is needed from you. And actually, as early as in the time of the Salaf, this is not 100% related with consulting, but this is more related to spiritual coaching and, and those kinds of things. Uh, when... Quran professors began uh, teaching Quran as a job, there was this difference of opinion. And many scholars said that it is okay to charge to teach the Quran, like teaching kids to memorize and that stuff. Because we need to have people that will be specifically specifically doing these and not Mm. doing other things. So that will be their way of living. Because we need, as a community, people that will be doing this. It makes sense. You know? Yeah. 
And this is actually like, sorry, this is the last example from uh, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq when he became a Khalifa, I mean, when he succeeded the Prophet والسلام, when he, I think I said the wrong word, but any t- anyhow, when he became the Khalifa, he was still going because he was actually an entrepreneur. He was still going to the market and doing business. Hmm. But the fact of the matter is that he was told by people, hey, uh, we need you to take care of the affairs of the community. So you will get like, uh, you need to take your money from that and hmm. only dedicate yourself to that, you know? But we need people in the community that will be only selling potatoes. We need people in the community that will be only doing like self, uh, um, I don't know, self-confidence coach, you know? Hmm. You need people in the community doing different things. And if you don't want to have these people like uh, having a job and then doing this, hmm. which means that they will do this as a hobby and they will do it probably with uh, having less time to do it and therefore less quality. If you want to have like a, a community with a little bit of everything, people need to be, uh, need to have their income from whatever they're doing, you know? And this was not, as I said, there are examples in the time of the Salaf of, of people becoming Quran professors and charging and making a living out of it. So mm-hmm. again, that's a false dilemma. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. And I love that you said people who pay attention, people who pay, pay attention. And they yeah. are more committed and dedicated to yeah. uh, finish what they, they have started. So I would love to know, looking back to your journey, what are the biggest lessons you have learned? Wow, that's a difficult question. Um, you know, I, I became a, a business consulting for personal reasons and yeah. then uh, reasons related to my mission, as we could say, uh, as, a, as someone who likes to uh, spread Islam. Mm. In the personal sense, it was to finance my own Islamic projects and studies, you know? So yeah. that, that's, if people, that's just actually connected to the previous question. If someone were to ask, why charge? And then I would say, well, because I need to pay my expenses, you know? Yeah. And then I, I also wanted to have more freedom to spend with my time with my family, you know, yeah. to be honest. And I know that other Muslims want to do the same thing. So I will be helping them do that. Okay. Mm. So, uh, the, 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 one of the biggest lessons I, I came to know is that Muslims, and this is, we always complain about the ummah has this evil thing, this evil thing here, but I actually find that Muslims have amazing things, mm. even things that other people do not have anymore. And one of the things I find with many Muslim entrepreneurs is that they really have an obsession to help people. Mm. They don't want to be earning their money from batin, from falsehood. They mm. sincerely want to have a business where people are giving them feedback and telling them, you changed my life, you helped me. So one of, the, one of the main things I learned is that actually we have some amazing Muslims out there and we love to complain, but to tell you the truth, I myself have been impressed to get to know how really a lot of Muslims, they want to do business, but at the same time, they want to help people. They want to get their income but at the same time, they want to help their parents. In many times, their parents are in different countries. You know, this obsession of really creating an impact, not only creating a business that will give them money. Mm. This is what, to me, this is one of the biggest lessons. My, my, actually, my, the way I see Muslims in general has changed a little bit. Uh, we, love to, we love to see, to look at those people who are evil, those people who like to, uh, to deceive but there are a lot of good, good people who really want mm. to make a living, be honest, and help a lot of people. So to me, that's amazing. Well, that's one of the most amazing things that I've learned. That's amazing. And it sounds uh, 
pride empowering feature to hear yeah. this and uh, alhamdulillah alhamdulillah we need to focus more on positivity that we have in our community and give less attention to the only few but loud yeah. people who are doing spreading negativity so yeah. they get the attention because people tend to speak but there's many like you said many good people who are inherently doing things for Allah's sake and they're yeah. so busy that they are doing what they're doing so yeah. there's there's no one talking about them and they are yeah. not talking about what they're doing because they're actually doing it <laughs> yes exactly. so uh, it reminds me saying of actually i read it from a book about a scenario where asman radiallahu anhu in his first sermons, he stood up on a member and he didn't say a word for a long time. And before he stepped down, he said, it's better for you to have an actionable leader instead of talkative. And that was, that was <laughs> intriguing. And I thought to myself, like, that's the way we should be. We should lead by examples. We should yes. start doing instead of talking. You mentioned your mission, and I would love to ask you, what is your mission and what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Well, that's a big question. Uh, my mission would see, uh, I mean, it's actually like different things within Islam. Mm. One of my missions is to have, well, this may sound a little bit crazy, okay? One of, one of my missions is to have Islam like... Uh, we could say like, like a religion which is part of the Spanish landscape, not as something coming from other countries or from the outside, but just a religion from here, you know? Mm. And that in practical terms, that means having Muslim scholars originally from here. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter what's the, the, the country of origin of their parents, doesn't matter. But people who very, uh, very clearly and fluidly can teach Islam and explain Islam and are extremely um, like um, prepared when it comes to refuting, for example, atheism or uh, things that try to debase God in, in such a way that I believe that every human, when they hear the message of Islam, they will think, wow, this is appealing to me. You know, no one will think this is something coming from another country. That's my mission when it comes to the Spanish speaking landscape. Uh, to allow every Spanish-speaking human to hear the message of Islam as a natural, balanced, harmonious truth that it is. And uh, without it being imposed or anything, just to mm. have clear information. And then have institutions where Spanish people can learn Islam or at least pay them their study to go outside and, and come back and become scholars. That's like my mission in the big, uh, in the big sense. Then... Um, I would love to finish my own studies. Mm. And I would love, that's just a personal thing. I would love to translate the Hadith connections because they are not translated uh, except one or two into Spanish. So I, I would love to, to inspire this generation to do a lot of work, you know, mm. like actually relying on what other countries like UK, they have generations ahead of us. Now we can, we don't need to wait for generations. We can actually go and take a lot of the work they have done. That's one of my missions. Another mission, I would say, is help Muslims themselves be fulfilled, have a fulfilling existence in the sense that they can 
they learn how to combine their being completely rational with being completely spiritual, you know, because that, that's where I see people are broken into ideologies. And uh, the same thing with entrepreneurship. If a Muslim wants to, be, to do something great, they need to have an Islamic guidance to do that and uh, a quality guidance, you know, like, for example, I focus on, on my consulting services, not only that it is halal, it's not haram, but the whole mindset, the whole spirituality, the whole mm. purpose, the whole spirit that needs to be there. But at the same time, uh, the information needs to be of quality because the Prophet said, Allah has prescribed excellence in everything. So also to have the highest standards, you know, mm. so, these are like my two things uh, to the Spanish speaking audience, clear presentation of Islam by aboriginous Muslim scholars and preachers, a whole generation. And to the Muslims them- themselves, help them see Islam not as something cultural, but as an empowering force. In short, that's what I would say. MashaAllah, huge mission, a huge yeah. goals. May Allah bless it. Yeah. And the beautiful thing in our deen is intention matters so either way allah will reward it whether you get to witness that in your lifetime or not but i mean just voicing that out i felt inspired and hopefully many spanish youth feel inspired after listening to this uh interview you are talking about in the context of spain i'm living in finland and we are exactly in the same situation like yeah. we don't have much scriptures translated yeah. to finish and Actually, it's a job waiting us Muslim to do. <laughs> you yeah. know, we have to do it. No one else will do it for us. Yeah, yeah we are coming to end to our conversation. Mm-hmm. I always ask uh, guests to leave us with book recommendation. And uh, would you love to do that? So what is the one book that you would absolutely give to someone who is interested about entrepreneurship? Wow, that's a very difficult question. Does it have to be one book? <laughs> Say a few. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me because I believe that uh, I wouldn't give you like a book teaching you uh, how to create a website or that stuff. Actually, the, the most important thing is your mindset and then uh, wh- what you want to do. So when it comes to the mindset, I would recommend, I would recommend many, but this is just a title, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is an interesting book. It's not like some people exaggerate. This is like the the Bible, but it's an interesting book when it comes to mindset. Okay. Think and grow rich. I read that book and I would love to like use this opportunity to ask you to help me to understand the law of attraction. Many people have also asked me about what do I think about it? And I don't quite, I'm not quite sure what do I think about law of attraction because we as Muslims yeah. we believe in Qadr, but I absolutely love that book. It was really interesting. Well, that's interesting because uh, the Prophet والسلام, he, he explained according to one hadith, which is authenticated, that everything we do, uh, God knows already and God knows your destiny. So hmm. the Sahaba asked, well, then we should stop doing good deeds. And the Prophet used a verse from the Quran actually to reply to that question. And, and the verse says, God says that whoever, whoever gives is generous to other. And he's mindful of his responsibility. And they confirm uh, the beautiful truth when it comes to them. Actually, uh, that's what it means. Mm. Uh, then Allah says, we will make 
easy things easy to him you know so that's like a interesting phrase but as for the one who is بخيل, the one who doesn't doesn't want to share uh, and he thinks that he's the best and he takes that beautiful truth and he uh, labels that as a falsehood we will actually make a hardship easy for him so actually what the prophet is saying is that the fact that allah knows everything from advance has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether you have you are responsible for those things that are within your power now you can call it law of attraction or call it however you want but the fact of the matter is that the things you do have an impact that comes back to you okay so for example there is this hadith that the talking about entrepreneurship that the prophet said that if you want to have your risk expanded if you want to have like your provision expanded then treat well the members of your family now when you go to hadith collections you find that there are actually two kinds of interpretations one type of interpretation will tell you that if you do good to other people or to your family allah will like uh, he will reward you by giving you like more sustenance or a a longer life, you know, more lifespan. But other scholars say, no, this is actually uh, an effect. This is cause and effect. Because if I have good relations in this world, whenever I have troubles, people will help me. Mm. Whenever I have like debts and uh, a bad financial situation or poverty, if I have good relations with my family, with other people, I will be helped, which is true. I have experienced myself in life. So actually in Islam, like the Quran is very mindful of the fact that whatever you do has a consequence on you. This is what they call the law of attraction. Mm. But people will ask, then what about the qadr of Allah? Well, the Quran also talks about something called the sunnah of Allah, sunnatullah. Mm. That means the way Allah has created things. You could call that natural law, the natural laws in the universe. If you throw, like, uh, if you throw something up, it will fall down. Yeah. You know, this is the qadr, of course, but Allah has created a natural law. Now, if you're constantly negative and you're always focusing on the negative things, you will attract negativity. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is actually what they call the law of attraction. This is actually just a natural law that Allah has created, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the Quran, there is a lot of cause and effect. Like, for example, you have these phrases like um, the hadith I mentioned, like, la in shakartum la azidannakum. Allah is saying, if you are grateful, I will give you more. Now, it's funny because now you can read articles about how grateful people uh, have more success in life. And they give you like very specific causes. Like, for example, if I always treat people in a good way, obviously they will behave to me in a better way. So I will have more opportunities and I will have more. You know, so Mm. all these things that Allah is saying, they are actually the natural laws, the sunnah of Allah that he has created in creation. So it's not like Qadr needs to be something uh, uh, supernatural. You know, Allah supernaturally is actually giving you gifts. It is, God has created a system, okay, if you want to call it like that. So if you do A, you will receive B. If you treat people good, you will receive good. If you do efforts, you you have a, a higher chance of receiving efforts, you know. So if you can call it law of attraction, you can just call it cause and effect, okay. It doesn't matter how you call it. But the fact that you attract what you do, this is true. Substantially, this is what they are explaining in different words, you know. It's like when they say karma. These are different words to explain laws that we observe in the universe, you know. So these are... 
Savannah, that's beautiful. So that would be the one book. Uh, do you have oh. another book in mind? Yeah, this is a book about mindset. Uh, then I would have another book specifically about the type of business that I help people create, hmm. which is a business that will give you income, inshallah, uh, beautiful income, and at the same time will give you more free time. So you don't have to work a lot. You only have to create something very valuable hmm. and you will receive income according to that value, not according to the time that you spend, okay? Because that's to me is important if I want to do all my projects. Hmm. So a book I would recommend about that is called The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. And we need to be careful because when we read these books, we may find things which are objectionable sometimes from an Islamic perspective. Hmm. Actually, if you read a book written by a Muslim, you can also find ob objectionable things because no one is perfect. Hmm. But so long as you are critical, I think these are nice books. And then uh, the uh, Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman. That's like a general book about finance and stuff. And I like that book, the way it's structured and everything. Yeah, Personal MBA by... My Personal MBA, I believe it's called, by Josh Kaufman. Mashallah, thank you for those. And what is the best way to get in touch or connect with you yeah uh, okay just sorry one last thing about books uh, in, there is a book uh, which is a collection of statements of the prophet al -Maram. there is a section on tijara on trade and that's really interesting because th these are a lot of statements about how to be honest how not to deceive and i would add that okay sorry wow. that's, just that's forget really, about that that's important book if you want to do yeah. business and set up a business for yourself. Yeah. Is that available in English? Of course, yes. It's called Bulugh al-Maram is a collection of statements of the Prophet. This is studied traditionally because these are like fiqh statements. Hmm. And uh, in, in English, you will find it as Bulugh al-Maram, actually. It's okay. called Bulugh al-Maram, uh, the attainment of the objective. I mean, Adillat al-Ahkam, okay. you know, but you will find that in English easily. Inshallah. And uh, what is the best way to get in touch with you and connect with you? Okay, uh, if people are interested, I would suggest that they go to www.omar-consulting.com. That's the website. If they want to write me an email, it can be support at omar-consulting.com. And in my website, they can see a sample of my training. They can send me an email or they can see my email. And they can also uh, see like uh, success stories and testimonials and reviews from my training. So pretty much everything is there in my website. They can see everything. That's awesome. Uh, finally, I would like to thank you for taking the opportunity to share your story and also educate us. I really enjoyed talking to you, learning from you. May Allah bless you and bless your work with Barak. I mean, I mean, brother, it's my pleasure actually to be here. And uh, it's been very nice to meet you, brother Adam. I hope Allah will help you succeed in everything spiritual and uh, whatever goals that you have in your life. Amen.